welcome back to Building Better Basketball Season 2, the Basketball Australia Coaches Podcast. Today I'm joined by another one of my colleagues from Basketball Australia, but one who will be known to many of you long-term fans of Australian basketball. Darren Smith was a player himself, which we will touch on, but we have him on to talk about the US College Pathway, which is growing increasingly popular for Australian players looking to be able to gain further development of their skills, education and life experience. Darren's been through this experience himself as a player, but most recently, Darren has also been through it with his daughter, Alana, as she secured a scholarship at Stanford University. Welcome to Building Better Basketball, Darren. Neil, thank you very much for having me. Great to be here. Now, we'll get to your role with BA soon, but let's um, go back to the beginning a little bit. You are a twin, which has caused endless chaos, at least for me in the Basketball Australia office with Jason, who's the Boomers manager. Um, as I touched on, you both played basketball yourself, starting with Nana Wadding, eight years in the NBL across um, four different franchises. So as someone that's seen the pathway um, delivered at a national level on both sides of the court, both as a player and an administrator, um, is it safe to say this is the most exciting time to be playing basketball in Australia? I think it is. I mean, you look at um, where, where our players are playing at the moment at the highest level, it's really exciting. You know, we've got a bunch of athletes in both the NBA and the WNBA and playing in Europe and Asia and all around the world. Um, you know, Australians are just just really demonstrating how great we are at this game. So, for, you know, for those athletes coming through, there's, there's a pathway that's kind of set before them. They kind of know the process. And, um, yeah, it's super exciting. I promise I'll get to your role in a minute, but as I touched on, your other job is is as a dad, and many people will be familiar with Alana and her career with the Mercury and Indiana Fever and the WNBA and Adelaide Lightning and, and the Opals on the international stage. Um, I'm interested to know, is one of the biggest questions we get from coaches, is the roller coaster of dealing with parents? What was Darren Smith like as a junior parent? And in your current role, how do you find working with parents um yeah i think um the parent question is a really interesting one um for, so my experience um as a parent of alana coming through was i tried to be quite hands-off um in her early beginning um you know playing just domestic basketball around Nunawati. um you know i wasn't coaching her so I, I just sat in the stands and supported her and 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 the coach um, it's a it's a difficult job to coach um, young athletes and try and develop them. Um, so I, you know I didn't take um, uh, take that for granted. I was quite appreciative of the coach and their efforts. So I tried to be hands off um, and really just just support. You know, be quite positive. Um, don't try to critique everything that happens in the game after the game and the drive home, all that sort of thing. Um, but then I did stick my hand up to to do some coaching um, as she got a little bit older um, when I when she, I felt she probably just needed to just ramp up her development, get a little bit more detail um, in her skills work and things like that. So I, I definitely got involved at that stage and did early morning works with her and stuff like that. But I think parents, you know, it's it's the the big thing as a coach as well is is to make sure you're just communicating really effectively um, with parents and on a consistent basis. Um, on, on a team point of view, like oh, this is what I'm going to do, for, you know, with the team in general. But then also making sure you're checking in in regards to their their son or daughter and what the plan is for them and their development. Um, so everyone's kind of on the same page, and there's no surprises, um, and, you know, and those unexpected um, things that you might be doing as a coach and decisions that you're making. 
Um, they're not unexpected. Um, and so coach, so parents aren't surprised and maybe, you know, either disappointed or whatever um, that that's been communicated, you know, long in advance and there's a plan. Um, so I think being able to communicate consistently and effectively is a key to, to making that relationship work well. And I mean, we'll all uh, that follow basketball be aware of um, people like um, Mr. Ball, the father of Leangelo and Lamelo and Lonzo, as a, as the out, outlier example of a basketball parent. Is is that the case that you find that, that those people are the the outlier, or is, or is there more of them than perhaps we realize? Um, there's definitely a few few around. Um, you definitely um, bump into them and or he hear them probably. Um, but I don't think like in Australia, it's not as anywhere near as extreme as the US. I think culturally, we're a little bit more reserved. Um, and, and we do let the kids play a little bit more here. Um, let the, and the parents kind of shouting instructions, things like that. Um, you know, and you look at you know, our, our superstars at the moment, you know, that are making the NBA, you, you, like, and I know some of the parents of, of those guys and they never behaved like that. Um, you know, they were always just sort of just sitting quietly and clapping and supporting their 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 athlete um, rather than, you know, taking centre stage and really kind of dominating um, conversations and, and instructing their athletes on what they should be doing all the time. They're leaving that up to the experts here is what we typically do, which is, probably what I'd prefer to see. So we've danced around it enough a little bit. What is the day-to-day, uh, -day, um, what does the day-to-day -day, um, role look like for Darren Smith in the Basketball Australia Pathways hot seat? So re really the, the Pathways um, you know, service was, was designed around trying to help families um, to navigate through the the myriad of options and processes, I suppose, required um, to get the, their athlete an opportunity um, at, at a US college. So, you know, there, there are a bunch of things that the athlete has to do um, in order to be able to be eligible um, and then obviously be good enough to start with. Um, but there's a process kind of involved that is foreign to us here in Australia so really, you know, my job, um, I spent a lot of my time educating um, athletes and parents on what that process looks like, what are the requirements, et cetera. Um, and then um, the next phase, I suppose, is really trying to support the families in their decision making of when they need to do things, how that how it needs to look. Um, and and just, yeah, again, supporting them through navigating the recruitment process. So they, their athlete, hopefully, can get a fantastic opportunity in the US if that's the road they're taking. So do you find that the greatest amount of education that you have to do um, with the parents and the athletes here is around adjusting to the, the on-court requirements in America, or is it more around all the off-court stuff that, that's required to make that transition to the, the college level? Yeah, I think... Um... It's a little bit of both. Um, dep it depends on the the individual, I suppose, um, and what what they're doing, you know, on court at the moment. Like if they're on a junior Australian team, they're usually training a lot. They've got kind of a lot of that stuff in place already about the expectations and the high intensity and um, what that's going to look like. But if they're not playing at that level, 
um, then yeah, trying to educate them and expose them to the expert, you know, what they're going to see if they get to college, like they're going to be training every day, you know, a couple of hours on court plus weights plus whatever, um, getting them to understanding that like that's going to have an impact on your body um, and, and, you know, on how you perform in the classroom and socially and all that sort of thing. So preparing for on the court stuff's really important. Um, but yeah, most of our time is probably preparing for the off-court stuff. So what do you need to be studying at school? So there's a specific range of, of classes that you have to have taken um, at high school um, for certain colleges. Um, so that needs to be understood and planned and planned for. Um, you know, athletes need to get a certain grade result um, depending on what college they want to aim for. So, you know, that needs to be planned for as well. Um, and then maybe the need to do an SAT test and things like that. So where do you go? What, you know, what? How do you register? Where, where do you take all that stuff? So there's a big process off the court um, that we, you know, we, we're helping families understand. So what the obviously the players have to have reached a a certain level themselves before this um this even kind of opens up as a as a pathway to them. Um, with them having their ability then it obviously becomes a case of of being recruited and and stuff like that just anecdotally what's the kind of impression that um australian basketball um is now giving to um i guess american college coaches what what's their perception of the game here and and what the players are are like that they're looking at we um yeah it's a really good question um you know what we hear and feedback from um coaches particularly those that have had um Australians over a period of time um the feedback is usually quite positive um for a number of reasons and and they include things like um typically we we perform quite well academically so our schooling system in high school prepares students quite well for the US college um academic environment um, so, you know, kids usually perform well, which is a concern for coaches because if you're not performing well in the classroom, you're not allowed to play. So they want to make sure that the kids they're recruiting um, can actually keep up with the academic requirements of, of, of their institution. So number one, we usually do, usually do quite well in school. Um, and then the, the physical attributes. So Australians typically are seen as quite tough. Like, you know, we, we, our work ethic is pretty strong. So when kids go and train, they train really hard because we've been in that environment. We're really coachable um, because we've been typically been coached at a very well, a very high level from quite a young age. So we're used to that kind of being coached hard, um, being pushed hard physically. Um, we're used to that, and um, and so that's a, that's a really positive thing. And um, and our attitude, you know, in, in relation to that, you know, Aussies don't complain a lot um, as well. So. You know, if a coach asks you, you know, do 10 suicides or whatever on, on court, well, that, we just go and do it. You know, that doesn't happen with every kind of athlete. So that's a good thing um, as well. And then as far as like the X's and O's, um, as far as I suppose the feedback we get is that Australians are, are quite disciplined. Um, so we know how to run and execute plays. Um, which coming out of the US isn't always the way they their high schools can be hit or miss a little bit. Um, you know, if you're just a really good athlete, you can dominate. Whereas in Australia, athletes are, you know, we've got great athletes, but we're probably a little bit more technical. So, you know, we know how to execute certain offensive structures, defensive structures, 
um, which is definitely what's required at the college level. Um, so our, our IQ, uh, basketball on-court IQ, our discipline and our understanding of these concepts um, is actually quite high. And um, so coaches don't have to spend you know so, such a long time trying to teach that from Australian's point of view. We pick it up quite quickly. Um, and then, you know, we're usually quite skilled as well. So again, if you're playing, let's say it's a division one level, um, usually if you're playing division one level in NCAA um, and you come from Australia, you've usually been in a pretty high perform, you know, high performing environment for quite some time. So you've been doing extra skill work, developing you know, individual um, sessions on skills um, for years and years. So our skill level is a reflection of the amount of work that you've done for a long, long time. Um, coming over to the states, you know, we're usually you know really good shooters, ball handlers, defensive you know technique, things like that. Um, we're very, very competent in, which isn't always the case for high school kids coming out of the US. They're usually really good athletes, and then they probably try and up up their skill level quickly. But we're we're kind of already there. So on the flip side of that, obviously. Alana was at Stanford, which everyone probably knows outside of basketball as a, as a real elite, high-level um, education facility in the in the US. And we have players that, like Jack, was with Coach K. Um, we've got players at Duke. I saw one of the boys this morning is just committed to Gonzaga as well. Um, like we're talking now, we're we're getting no um, offense to Delhi and the boys that went to St. Mary's, but we're talking about those kind of colleges that now you, you see in the um, the kind of elite eight and the final four of, of March Madness. So we're, we're talking about the, the kind of blue blood um, schools of, of US basketball, getting that um, you, uh, Australian um, flavor in them. So from your experience, both as a, as a parent and, and forming all these relationships, what is the is it is it a different world US college basketball? Are we talking like is it an environment bigger than the NBL for for want of a comparison? I suppose. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a behemoth. Um, you know, it, it's a massive industry. Um, in the states, you know, and coaches coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. You know, to to coach the college level, um, so it's big big business. Um, you know, they get they get millions and millions of people watching it on TV. Um, it's very, very passionate over there. It's kind of like, you know, what like, like AFL in the finals in Australia is what like college basketball is like on a week to week basis, especially those rivalry games. It's just huge, you know, and the, all of um, houses have got all their college memorabilia up. and stuff. It's crazy, like driving around some of these towns, how passionate they are. And so. Like for the opportunity for our kids to sort of get there, it is it is it can be a rude awakening. Like you know, just that culture um, of how things are done there and how big it is and how serious it is um, compared to what they've been um, playing in Australia. That that can be a bit of a shift. Um, you know, coaches are, as I said, you know, coaches have paid a lot of money, and so you know, if you're not doing something quite right, like they're not going to risk their contract with a kid that can't quite. You know, Get, get in step with a concept that they're trying to teach. So you, you just won't play. You'll sit at the end of the bench until you can get it right. So, yeah, it's a bit more, it's kind of more like a professional environment as far as the basketball, um, you know, performance and coaching, et cetera, um, and, and can be brutally tough. You know, it's very, very competitive. Um, so, 
yeah, it's a bit of an eye opener for for our our guys when they get there. Particularly when you're talking about schools like you know, like you've mentioned, some of those those top ten, top twenty schools, um, they're no joke. You know, they they they're consistently good. They they're brutal in their recruitment. They just they recruit the best, and they are starting to understand. Like especially on the men's side, I think the girls have been doing it for some time. Like our girls have been going to top twenty schools for quite some time. It hasn't been as frequent for the for the guys, but I think that's starting to you know they're starting to rear their heads up a little bit and understand like how how much quality um, an Australian athlete could provide to their program. We take a quick break here to talk about a personal favourite podcast supporter, Hat Club Australia New Zealand. The biggest players in the game have made the way over from the US to satisfy all your fitted cap new era needs. Check them out on Instagram at Hat Club ANZ. If you're interested in supporting the podcast as well, please get in touch through the usual channels. So if there's a, a coach um, or a coach who's a parent or just a parent who's listening to this, who thinks after everything you've said that that's, um, that they're probably, I doubt they're sitting there and you've suddenly gone off. Something you said suddenly gone off. Maybe little Johnny could, could play Duke or something, but they've probably had that idea bubbling away in them and, they're sitting there going, I, the, the, they reckon their son or, or daughter could be playing at that level. What are some of the things that um, the, the parent and, and the son or the daughter should uh, look to be doing to, I guess, put their best foot forward, um, presumably yeah, on the um, court? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's there's a couple of things that um like we always recommend to, to families and like you don't, you don't need to do much like in primary school there's probably not a lot you need to be doing right you just probably need to focus on being becoming the best basketball that you can and that's that's the number one so for me I, I don't see many athletes that are going to college and doing really well that haven't done years of extra work. You know, so you can play with your team and train with your team, but if you're not doing sort of extra individual um, workouts and things like that to really improve your skills, then you know you're not probably not going to compete with the, a lot of the athletes that are doing that stuff to get to that level. So that's number one. You know, is always you know just raise your talent level, like just you know get those skills right up so you are you know an elite shooter or elite defender or something. Um, that coaches are going to notice because that's why they're going to recruit you. Not because you're unbelievable at school, although that might, that's important, but you need to be elite, you know, at, at something at a skill in basketball. That's number one. And then the second thing is about um, planning your student, um, your student athletes um, classes they're going to take from year nine. So the NCAA looks back from year nine through to year 12, they look back and, and assess the courses that you've taken um, and the results that you get. And you need to have met certain criteria between year nine and year 12 to be eligible, to be academically eligible to play for an NCAA division one or division two team. So if that's your goal is to play, you know, college basketball at that level, then you have to have done these things. And, you know, we don't have enough time to go through the detail of that, but, you know, I'd encourage people to research that stuff or contact us and we can kind of guide you through that. Um, it's really important because if you, again, like if you don't have that thing in place, you, you can't be recruited. You can't play NCAA division one or division two. You're going to have to do you know, a different, uh, an alternative route if you like. So they're, they're the two big things is, is really ramp up the, the basketball levels and, and, and skill set to make sure, you know, that you are becoming elite. 
in in you know as many areas as possible and then it's the planning on the academic side of things the classes you're taking and making sure you're getting um, the results that you need to be eligible um, to even attend one of these universities um darren we've we ask everyone this question that comes on the podcast and won't make it any different for you. Um, and I do have one other one after this for you as well. If there's one question you could ask a coach of any sport, alive or dead, who would the coach be and what would the question be? Uh, so I've, I appreciate you giving me a little bit of preparation on this, on this question, because I've thought about it a little bit and, um, like I like I've luckily enough I've I've been around the 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 recent um you know boomers and opals groups a little bit um to be able to see see them operating and you know we've got some real stars um emerging in the game that have helped us achieve some fantastic results but so thinking about that I was thinking well it must be really difficult to manage like superstars you know for for a coach to manage the absolute superstars and when you've got a team that's got multiple like mega stars in it how do you do that? Like just being able to coach and say, okay, we're going to run this play as one thing, but how do you keep those egos in check, get people to work together and sacrifice when they're, you know, this person's a stud and so are they and all the rest of it. So me, I was thinking about, well, who's done that? And it's probably guys like Phil Jackson, you know, who, who coached the Bulls and the Lakers that had these absolute megastars on their teams. Like, how did he do that? Like, like I'd be fascinated to learn like the psychology behind that. Um, how do you keep these guys in check, um, but still get them to perform at their best? So that's probably the question I'd have. Uh, my last one. So I touched on it right back at the start. Um, I met Darren's brother, Jason. Um, and then 24 hours later, I met Darren and no one had informed me at the time that there was a Jason and a Darren Smith, both working at Basketball Australia. And I honestly thought Darren had had a stroke when he couldn't remember <laughs> who I was 24 hours later because there aren't that many Scottish people working in basketball in Australia. But Darren, have you, uh, obviously there's a urban myth that goes around the NBA that Marcus and Markeith Morris once uh, swapped um, roles and swapped jerseys and, and played for teams that they weren't contracted for. Did you and... Uh, Jason ever pull a switcheroo in junior basketball? <laughs> no, uh, no, we, we all, like we we made it easy for our parents. We always played on the same team, um, so it was uh, you know it was not it was not going to be an option really. I think because my parents were like trying to drive us around everywhere, you know, in junior basketball would have been a nightmare. So just like just kept it very very simple. You guys are on that team. You you know. You're just going to play together, even though we're on, when we're on the same team, we would often fight. You know, just like you didn't pass me the ball, or you know, I bumped him out of the way for a rebound or whatever. It was it would just be on, and uh, so difficult for coaches to manage. But I know that um, you know we were lucky enough to play together in the NBL for a couple of years, and like I, I always found it quite funny. Like we, we'd we'd start the game and. Um, be on the court and you know the confusion that you would hear from the opposition about who's guarding who and which one that is and whatever um, was quite quite amusing at times so um, we tried to take advantage of that that confusion and uh, when possible but um, yeah it made me laugh on on multiple occasions when um, teams were getting that stuff wrong 
Darren, thank you so much for your time today. You, you touched on that um, you're open to um, people reaching out if they've got any questions. What's the best way for them to contact you? Um, yeah, the best way is probably by email. And I probably get at least an email every day from a family. So yeah, definitely reach out. Um, and the email is Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N dot Smith at bapathways.com.au. No problem. Thank you very much, Darren. And um, yeah, look forward to hearing about more and more of the um, Australian pathway players making it through to the, the highest levels. So thanks for your time. No worries, man. Great to talk.